Are you tired of people only telling you what you want to hear and not what you need to hear? Me too. I'm Lauren Lahav, and for the last 30 years, I've been blessed to speak to thousands of people around the world and share the stage with some of the world's biggest thought leaders, including Barbara Walters, Tony Robbins, Barbara Corcoran, and Gary Vee. The Get Real Podcast is my way of breaking down the BS of the filters of what we say and what we do. Real life, real issues, real solutions. Trust me when I tell you, it wasn't always like that for me. And I'm excited to help you through sharing what has worked for me. But most importantly, it didn't work for me. In the world of political correctness and living our lives on social media, what is real? In my life, I always look to people who understand what I'm going through and are willing to be real with me to help me move through it. With this podcast, I want to be that person for you. Whether it's just us or I bring in one of my friends, I promise these episodes will make a difference in your life. So strap in, hang on tight, and let's get real. And now it's time to get into the podcast. Here's Lauren. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Get Real and Stay True. Holy doggies. I cannot even believe that we are doing this show right now. We were just talking about this. My friend Kirsten Corrett, an unbelievable woman, has that voice of an angel. That's what I just first thing that I remember of you. And just you are like, I don't know. I don't know. But you just walk into the room and it's just like, oh, the angels, the heavens have opened. (laughs) And our story is very unique. I remember that I had uh, gone through some challenges in my relationship. It was about 22 years ago. And I had temporarily separated from my husband, uh, my first husband, Shore, and great, great, great man. And he both, we saw that there was a, a women's retreat happening at the Living Enrichment Center up in Portland, Oregon with Mary Mann and Morrissey. And I was actually back in North Carolina at the time. Uh, we, we had been in Portland and we moved to North Carolina and uh, Shore had moved back to Oregon, but we saw that this retreat was happening with Mary Mann and Morrissey and Ayan Levanzan. And I had been reading Ayanla's book that really helped me so much. And if you have not read Ayanla Levanzan's books, you must, as well as Mary Mann and Morrissey's books. But it was Ayanla's books that really made a huge, just, I don't know, awakening in, in my spirit. The first was One Day My Soul Opened Up, and the other um, book, I'm trying to remember what the other book is. Oh, In the Meantime, my another just rocking book of hers. So Shore suggested, hey, Lauren, maybe you should come out to Oregon and go through this retreat. And I think I couldn't get in the night before, like there was an opening night. Help me out, Kirsten, if I'm right with regards to this. And there was an opening night and I missed that opening night because I couldn't get someone to take care of Josh. So I flew out the next day and I arrived there at the retreat. I didn't know. And Kirsten and I, Kirsten, I think we were sitting beside each other. We became buddies. They said, let's buddy up. Yeah, and, and I think they grouped us up in, I, when they, remember we did groups together and stuff yeah. too? Yeah, yeah. And so they grouped us up and I'm like, oh my gosh, like what time is a young coming on? And you looked at me and you're like, she was here last night and I'm like what (laughs) she was here last night and I remember I just started bawling 
I remember I just was like, I, I, went, I, went, I through, went through all emotions, I think, at that moment. You helped kind of bring me back to center. I think I was like, I think I was angry. You know, I think I was frustrated. I think I started crying. I think <laughs> I said I was ready to leave. I don't remember what it was, but all I remember is that you and I are forever friends. And thank God for that moment and that wherever we were sitting, that we happened to be sitting beside each other. So I think God divinely put us in each other's paths. We don't see each other very often, but I want to see you more. And I guess I, know, I do too. I miss, I miss seeing you. <laughs> so share a little bit about your background and just who you are, what you do. Thank you for doing all that you do with our virtual um, drumming and sound healing and all all that you do. But share a little bit about your background. I know you're a songwriter and I, I and go ahead and share a little bit about you and let's let's get talking about it. So what about me? Well, I've been a musician all my life. I think I came out of the womb singing. So, <laughs> but I just remember like singing with my mom, even when I was like three years old, just harmonies, just naturally. And then finding my way into music, you know, I didn't do it for a long time. And then when I was in high school yeah, and all the karaoke machines came out, one of my friend's dads was, I remember he had them at a swap meet or something. And so all of a sudden I became like a tester for the karaoke machines. So I was singing all the time there. And then I went on to, I think I was 18 and I played my first show. I didn't even know what I was doing. I played in West Hollywood at this, at this club. I did my first show and one of my dad's friends came up to me in total tears. And she was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. You know, so I, I realized the impact that the music was having. I didn't really understand it at that time because I was young and then went on to college and I didn't actually like pursue music until, again, I went to college. I got my first job out of college for Hal Roach Studios of all things. If anybody remembers Hal Roach, they did like Laurel and Hardy and all those things and I was working for them and I met this woman that was a songwriter. I said, well, I sing a little bit. She's like, bring in something that you sing. So I'm sitting recording on the karaoke machine. I remember I recorded a song, brought it into her and she's like, oh my God, I'm looking for a singer for my band. And I was like, okay. So it's just like all started falling. Then I end up, I fall into being a lead singer for an all girl band. And that turned into a whole different life I didn't expect. So then I was like finding myself on stage at the Roxy and the Whiskey and on K-Rock out here in LA on the radio and opening for Flock of Seagulls and all these things. And it was just like that unfolded. And then, you know, I did, I did music for a long time, did my own solo stuff. And then I got really in the, what was it, the 90s or something. I was not starting not to feel well at the late 90s. And in the 2000s, I, something was going on with my body and I knew something was off. And I think I even saw you when we were up in wine country and I came up and I did sound and I was really sick at the time. I didn't know it. And I went in for testing and my whole body was like itching and stuff. And then we went in and we, they did testing. They said, well, let's test your liver. And then they found that I had hep C that I had had in my body probably for 20 years when I had a blood transfusion because I had surgery in my 20s. And they think that it had been given to me in the blood that I was given during the surgery. 
So I ended up really, really sick in the early 2000s, no cures at that time. And that's when I started really delving into sound healing and figuring out, and I don't, everything you know in my life just kind of happened. I found sound healing, I didn't know what it was. It was way before it was popular like it is now. And I started to, to use the sound healing and read about it and talk to Mitch Gaynor, who everybody knows passed away. He was one of the practitioners who introduced the healing power of sound. And he taught me some things because he was using sound with his cancer patients. And that's how I fell into sound is I started to use it on my body. There wasn't any Western medicine that worked. And I helped heal myself with sound and guided imagery. I got a picture for the illness and I said, you're not welcome in my body. And every day I told it, you're not welcome in my body. And I did acupuncture and all those things. And then I remember the day that I couldn't find it in my body. And then we went and did the blood work and it was like, it's no, it's gone now. And it was just like this whole journey, but everything revolved around some sound being in my life. You but know? isn't that interesting? Yeah, because sound's always been in your life. And like for me personally, when I met you, I, I just can cry when I think about it. And I'm hoping that you'll give permission or maybe we give a link here. But your song, Sanctuary, <laughs> that song helped heal me, you know? And just the words from the sound and then just your voice of going to these places of i don't even know like this feeling when i would hear your voice it, it helped me heal so like even though you know you went to sound healing it was interesting because you were sound healing without even knowing you were sound healing. <laughs> that song that song is what guided me to figure out the sound healing i kept getting all these responses to that song and then i had somebody call me at midnight one night and said i somehow i heard your song somewhere and i was really depressed and it made me feel better and then i was like okay, what am I doing in my music that I don't get that's healing? And then I, that tracked me to like, oh, maybe there's certain sounds. I don't even know. It, like that is what set me off on figuring out how sound can heal. That's well, you know, see, isn't that interesting? So what were the questions that you asked yourself to realize that your sound was actually, that your music was actually doing something? Because I think a lot of us, like you said, I always go, I don't get it. Like, what is it that people, what is it that you love about me? You know, everybody's like, oh my God, you've got such a gift. You've got to share it with the world. And I'm like, well, what, you know, what is it that you see that I don't see? Because I think there's so many times there's things that we just don't see about what we're doing and how we are helping to heal the world. Maybe you could share a little bit about that. The journey that I was figuring out is, okay, somehow emotionally I'm helping somebody and they could feel it in their body what is it about sound? So then I started looking into the sound and then I found cymatics, which is, you know, the science of sound. And then I started looking at the history of the science of sound of how it was used over the course of so many years with different cultures as part of medicine. And that's when I was like, okay, now I, there's a science to it. So it was not just me just hearing from somebody this, but there's actually a science to how it's been used and how it affects the cells in the body and how I found Im old images of, you know, how it broke apart cancer cells and things like that. So that's where I took off and I was like, okay, there's, it's not just me feeling this. It's not just people feeling this. There's a whole science to how this works in the body. And that's what I bring into my classes. 
there is a science to how sound is felt in the body. It's Can you share a little bit about that? Can you share a little bit of that? Because I think people want that first stage that everybody wants to know is like that intellectual does this make sense? So when yeah. it makes sense, then we open ourselves up to appreciate it more. Yeah, because I think when people go to sound baths, you know, they, they feel it in their body, but not everybody explains to them what's going on, which is that the sound is, is having its own language with the body. And so it's speaking to the brain, right? So it's calming the brain down into that relaxation state that you get when you're in meditation, but it's also calming your parasympathetic nervous system down. It's calming the pain reflex down. That's why some people go to sound baths and they might come in with pain and then they'll say to me, oh my God, I don't have the pain that I had when I came in the door. That's because that's calming your pain reflex down in the body. And then it also speaks to the immune system. That's why I've been pushing this right now because sound helps boost the immune system. It helps reduce blood pressure. It helps all of those things because it's calming our whole system down. And me, somebody who healed myself with sound, I try to explain to people, if you think of yourself like an instrument, and we think of when disease comes in or illness comes in, that it's like a note that's out of tune, like on a keyboard, right? The whole keyboard doesn't sound good because of that one note being out of tune. And so, and that's the weak point, right? So that's what happens in our bodies. And sound and vibration, our organs, our tissues, our bones, our cells, they all resonate to different frequencies and different vibrations so when we get out of tune it's like we have to rebalance that and the beauty of sound is that it goes in and it can help rebalance and it can break apart stress in our body because that's the thing is when we hold stress in the body that's the biggest suppressor of our immune system stress is behind most illnesses and so right now everybody's in so much stress that I try and explain to them, the more you can release that on a daily basis and it doesn't build up, that that helps your immune system stay strong because otherwise it suppresses. And the beauty of sound is it's like an effortless way to meditate if you can't just quiet your mind. And at the same time, even if you fall asleep, you know, I have people that fall asleep in class, sound is still having a beautiful conversation with your body. Are there certain things, like you said, because you can't do it, obviously we're going to do more meditations online together, but is there certain music you shouldn't listen to that would, or sounds that you shouldn't be around that lower your immune system? We talk about, you know, there's certain music can, that can make you feel anxious, right? So, because I work a lot with animals, and so you'll notice with animals that if you have really, with dogs, for example, I mean... If you have really high tones because they hear sound very subtly, it will be more disturbing to them. And so whenever I do sound with animals, um, I always stick with lower tones, you know, because lower tones are also grounding. So for people, I say to, you know, also when you, when you're listening to like more of the lower calming tones, that's also very grounding, very earthing for you. So I think it's just a matter of people feel into what feels good for them. Too. Like we think about the ocean sounds, those are great things for calming because even though you might not be at the ocean, your brain doesn't know that. If we listen to waves, it's naturally calming your brain down. So even if you're in stress and you can do things like that, even people to yourselves, even humming can help calm your body down. 
just making your own sound with your own voice. I always tell people like if you're feeling like in fight or flight too, you can even just go in and make like a humming sound that feels really good around your heart. Babies, before they can speak, they're making sounds and that's sometimes to soothe themselves. I mean, my biggest thing right now is I, I know that there are tools that I can offer to people right now to get through the fear and the stress because our brains go a little nuts too when we're in this too. And so we're not thinking straight, you know, and we get, we're getting overwhelmed and isolation too is hard. So what would be the top three things that someone can do daily to tap into that space and calm themselves and understand the power of the sounds? What are some things that they could do? I like just, I, I think I wrote them all down. Humming, listening to the waves, like you said, that your body doesn't know the difference between the waves and, and the ocean. And while we can get out to, like, if we can still get outside, earthing, grounding yourself, being in nature, you know, take a walk around the block. You know, you can social distance if you're in, you know, quiet space, but getting out and connecting with nature is grounding. And nature also is healing. It's really good for the immune system. Grounding is actually getting your feet in the soil. Yeah, earthing yeah. yourself. But I mean, even in the house, you know, like dance it out, like movement, moving to just release the stress. Any way you can get the stress out is, you know, you can do it through breathing. I mean, in my classes, you know, when I'm doing that, I have people like take an in breath and then on the out breath, just make a uh, sound. And I'm telling you, your body, that feels really good if you do it. If you just breathe in for four, you and then you let out like a big ah sound and just let your whole body, it's like a release and you can groan and sigh and moan, whatever it is, just to like acknowledge that you're dealing with something difficult and push it out, you know? So there's things like that you can do as well that are pretty simple to do at home. Well, yeah. gosh, there's so much we could talk about, like literally. We want to get people, like you said, to start doing these things consistently. Now, part of their, you know, hopefully this will become part of their identity and that they can slow down <laughs> for a second and really feel everything. I think lots of times people try to push everything away instead of acknowledging it. You know, I've had on Nick Ortner, my friend with the tapping solutions, and he talks about is you have to acknowledge how you're feeling avoid it can you talk a little bit about that because I know you said that was a huge part of your healing just acknowledging yeah I mean even like even in my classes when we do sound and I also do intention setting we write things down just acknowledging where you're at like even doing a you know a simple like closing your eyes and feeling into your heart and just you know taking a few moments of breath to just like pay attention to what you're feeling like okay, is this fear, is this anger, is this resentment, is this worry, whatever it is, and just like acknowledging that and even take a few moments of meditation, you know, where you're just quiet and you just listen. I always tell people, talk to your heart. That is the biggest thing because like our heart beats the blood through us. It keeps us going, but we don't really have a conversation with our heart a lot. So the one thing I say to people is just take a moment to sit with your own heart and ask it what it wants you to know. What, and just ask your heart, what is it you're trying to tell me? What is it you want me to know? And sometimes that's a way to just honor what I'm feeling. And a lot of times when people do that, like you're talking to your heart, like you would speak to somebody else, and you say, what, it, what is it you want me to know right now? And then your intuition comes in and it might say that I'm really scared. 
or that I'm just, I'm really worried or that I'm frustrated or whatever it is. And then just acknowledging that. And then on the out breath, just saying, oh my, I just like, what is it that I wanted to let go of right now? So yeah, and then releasing it through that, <sighs> I need to let go of this worry. I need to let go of this. And like acknowledging like that, but feeling it in your body, like acknowledging it in your body and talking to your heart, having a conversation is really powerful. Oh my gosh. I, I love having you here with me. <laughs> it's so good having you. I mean, oh, God's good to know that 22 years ago we needed to meet. I mean, let's think about 22 years ago. Where, where were you 22 years ago and where are you now? And what are some of the lessons that you're most grateful for over the past 22 years? I think that the reason I bring this up is you and I, we were, I mean, I was in my 30s, you know, early 30s. And now, you know, being 55, just to, to kind of help people see the vision of the journey and the beauty yeah. of the journey. I mean, 22 years ago, I didn't know I was sick yet. You know, we take things for granted, too. Um, and so 22 years ago, I was, you know, just going about my, my stuff, not knowing anything that was going on in my body. And then at a point, well, I, this is what I tell the people when I got really sick, I was in the unknown all the time because the doctors were telling me you only have, you might only have this long to live. There weren't any medicines at that time, not like there are now. So I was in the unknown a lot, but because I was in the unknown, I also, in order to get through it, I learned that the unknown is like a really great place to be. And so that's why I think I try and share with people now that like when I was dealing with my own mortality, I, I figured out that because I was so stubborn, I was like, I'm not going to prove you wrong. You know, those statistics aren't right. That in the unknown is where I found the magic of the sense of, well, if I'm in the unknown, how do I know that their answer is right? Why can't my answer be that I'll be healed and I'll get through this? So in the unknown, anything is possible. And that's what I always tell my students is like in the unknown, you can look at there. Yeah, there could be negative outcomes, but there can be all the positive outcomes too, because it's unknown. So you can make the unknown what you want. You know, everything is possible in the unknown. So I think that helped me get through a lot of things. I think you just named the title for this talk, right? That it's, you know, in the unknown, everything is possible. I mean, it's such a beautiful thing to remind everybody and you get to design how, how you interpret the unknown. We all get to design that right now because we're in the unknown. We are totally in the unknown. So it doesn't have to be a negative. It yeah. can be here is an opening for all kinds of things where there's all kinds of shifts happening. People are going to have to reframe their lives. And then maybe if we just look at the fact that maybe this is a big awakening too, but everything's possible here. And now we have a lot more, I think, awareness too. You know, uh, at all the times at my events that I do with everybody, I'll bring in someone to talk about awareness. And the truth is when you're aware, you make smarter decisions, you make better decisions. And hopefully we're all, you know, let's make, make sure we wake up and stay awake and that we don't fall asleep at the wheel of life, right? And here are some great things you, you can do, breathing, dancing it out, earthing, you know, humming, so many great things that you can do. So the final question that I have for you, because everybody gets asked this, what are a couple of things that you do to stay true to yourself? Honor my feelings. That's for one thing. 
I had a bad day yesterday, <laughs> mostly because I'm worried about my dad and I'm like having to reframe my business. But my brain yesterday said, I can't do it. I, I need to just not be doing business right now. I need to just watch a movie. I need to hunker in. I need to, you know, so I try and honor my feelings and without making feeling guilty, you know, like if I'm not doing something, I try to just be. So that's a huge thing for me. I just have to honor where I am in the moment and not beat myself up over things too. I think that's huge. Yeah. It's huge because right now we're isolated inside so much. So if, if you feel like you need to hide under the covers for a day. I had that moment a couple of days ago. I mean, obviously we're, we're recording this in advance right? and planning on showing it, actually having everybody listen to it very soon, so next week. I was heading home. It was a couple of friends of mine's birthday and obviously, and I was planning on taking my friend out to dinner. And then I was like, we can't go out to dinner because we just couldn't. They weren't allowing any gatherings. So I just ordered some food and there were like five of us there and, you know, got some things from Whole Foods. And then as I was driving home, this message came on at seven o'clock that they were closing all the restaurants and all the bars and everything at 10 o'clock that night. So three hours. And I was in the, and I don't, I don't really drink, so, but I went to the liquor store for some reason. I felt like I should go to the liquor store and get some wine, I guess, is what happened to me. So I was in the, I was in the liquor store and I came out and I called my husband and, uh, and I just cried. I just lost, you know, I lost it. I, I totally lost it. I just like, I, I like let out the biggest, just bawling but I felt so good afterwards. I mean, just so good. And then just my husband, I just said to him, I was like, you know, I miss my kids and this and that. And just him saying, you know, if you want me to drive to New York and go get Joss, Danielle and Luna, I'll go. If you want me to drive to Oregon and go get Quinn and I'll go get them. And I think just knowing that I had that safe space where I had someone to listen to me. I think that's the other thing that we need to remind each other, call somebody, check in on them, make sure that they're okay. Hunker down, but also check in on a friend is so important. But uh, I am just so grateful for you. I'm, I hope that, is it all right? Either we'll either give the link to Sanctuary or I don't know if we can just play it on after, after we finish up here. Is that okay? Just to add the link here. And, uh, yeah, I have to actually get it back up again. It's so funny you mentioned that because it's like I kept, I've been feeling a pull to get it back out there again. So I, ha I have to. Unless you want to sing it live for us right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, we'll do, we'll add the link on here. You guys must, um, I'm trying to see, maybe we could just add the song on here, add the track on at the very end. Yeah, and everybody, that I'm telling you, this song will heal your soul the way that it has healed my soul 22 years ago. And every time that I'm, I just love this song. It's one of my go-tos just to feel good and remember just who I am and what I stand for and that I'm here to, live love and leave a legacy so thank you so much kirsten i love you very much and you guys can get more how can people find out more about you and maybe how they you can do a virtual sound healing with them the best place is on my instagram right now i have all my links up there it's under kirsten Corot international and same on my facebook so i'm putting stuff up there you know i do my women's circles and i'm going to take those online so and we do the full moon and the new moon we set intentions we get everything out of our bodies. We do, I'll do some drumming. We're going to do some fun stuff with that. 
and then yeah i'm going to be going virtual um sound baths and uh meditations and also my private ones if somebody really needs help i'm just making myself as available as i can to do this to help people through and then to also gather us in groups because i think it's important Absolutely. each other spaces i'm excited for you to come back to badass and beautiful all right well thank you so much love you much and uh remember to always stay true to who you are if you like this i know you like this you didn't just like it you love love, love this <laughs> podcast so make sure to share it with a friend and until next time stay true you've been listening to the get real and stay true podcast with lauren lahab head over to laurenlahab.com that's l-o-r-e-n L-A-H-A-V.com. And as her way of saying thank you for being a listener and subscriber to this podcast, grab a free copy of Paving Your Path with Positivity, Affirmations to Create the Change You Desire. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast. And Lauren will talk to you on the next episode.